Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to episode 425 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. How are we doing, fellas? <clears throat> Fantastic. Big weekend of action. The Just Prince grand. is back. <laughs> the Prince of NRL, our saviour, is back on the park this week. So all is right in the world. Panther's saviour for sure. And this yeah. again is one of the, f- the few weeks where all three of us can, can uh, claim victory. That's it. Well, you know, we won the game. Yeah, I mean, like, like we probably, we probably could have had weeks like this many, many times sooner, except for you know, you know, yeah, being let down. Yeah, I mean, we went two out of three so many times. It's not funny. Um, Maybe we should have accepted when Grover offered to come and host. Would have been a fucking party every week. Imagine, though. mate, you come up with some absolutely yeah, fucking yeah. bullshit this year that I've fucking copped on the chin. And I've just fucking <laughs> ridden through it, and I've powered through your fucking ignorance. But that's a line which I won't allow you to cross. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to have to side with you on this one, Glenny. That's just, like, that's just an outrageous. It's just an outrageous. You can say you can I, say you've said shit about my fucking wife, my kids, my mother, and I'll cop that. But you ever fucking mention that cunt in the same breath as me ever again? I'm fucking done. Oh, I love you, Glenn, you're fired up, mate. Sorry? You're, 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 Glennie, you're fired up, mate. No, no. Already. I'm, I'm okay. I'm all good. You just got to... You sure? You just got to... You got to call out this shit. Otherwise, it just continues. <laughs> The way you've started this episode, it makes me think that you've been reading the publicity around Tiger Town. And I did, uh, I did like catch up. Con- like I did you're catch getting, up this You're getting into some sort of pissing contest with Madge about <laughs> you know who, who, who says fuck more in, in an episode. No, he definitely wins. Definitely wins. He's he's yeah. in a far more so difficult you're, so you're environment. So you're up to date, you said? Yeah, yeah, no, I caught up. Um, how how do you like it? It's great, isn't it? It, it is great. And it just, you cannot... Like, there will be a riot if they sack Madge at the end of the season. There will be a fucking riot. You can't because help you but love so the guy. Good. There won't be because they'll still be yeah. in lockdown. <laughs> yeah, we just had a, this discussion. Yeah, <laughs> be the world's first and, Zoom and riot. Based on- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the episode does make him seem to be like yeah, like a great guy. And I mean, I, you know, I don't I think like that's careful editing. Yeah, I think that's the hero, the, who he is. He's, he's probably getting the hero. He's probably getting the hero edited a little bit. You know, like he is the main character of the show. This is what I don't understand so, about Tiger Town, though. Like the last, yeah. the last dance was. Yes. was as much for children of the 90s in general as it was for basketball fans and bought them 
you know, to to that that event. Um, there's a, a Formula One series on Netflix at the moment that I hadn't even seen. That is apparently mm-hmm. the like this massive fucking craze. Like my sister, my sister had never watched a live sporting event in her life. She's now sitting down by herself to watch Formula One. Jackson like, Jackson started watching that series. He's, yeah. he's he's enjoying it as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like these things, like they're bringing people to the sport. What's Tiger Town doing? Is it designed to? No, bring- Tiger, Tiger Town is backstage. No, it's not. It's Tiger Tiger Town is is like is like backstage access pass for fans of rugby league. Yeah. Okay, That's so you is. would assume that that they know that fans of rugby league understand something of the culture at the West Tigers. Is this is it is it poverty porn as in like well, you know, for for every per like you remember Struggle Street when it was on? Yes. You know? Yeah. There was that thing. I, I mean, never actually watched it, but everyone kept mentioning it to me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like I should have been in it. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it, people sat down and watched it because it was poverty porn. Mm. Is that what Tiger Town's meant to be for for league fans? Well, we have 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 we not had the discussion about how it came into being and you all you've that? mentioned it a couple of times, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, this was uh, like I, I won't I won't bring any names into it because I don't know how, what, what I can say. But um, this it was a, a journalist came up, watched something about a, a soccer club in England, I think, off the top of my head, and. Um, Thought, wow, this is amazing. Should do something like this in and so and so. Hang on, we can't person, say the name uh, because we it. know the person, or we can't. We've been told not to. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I, I can't remember uh, how much you know how, how much I'm allowed to say with the names and things like that. But this, but but the journalist basically said, "This is a fucking great idea. Should do something like this for the NRL." Pitched it to the Fox on the basis of let's do the Tigers because. There are these possible storylines. A, you know, there's always like they haven't made the finals for so long, so there's all that sort of stuff. So, so the 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 end outcomes of of this show, there's a number of possible storylines. They could make the finals. It could be like you know they could finish ninth again. The coach could get sacked at the end of the season if they don't make the finals. Like there's all these possible ways it could it yeah, could yeah, finish yeah, up. Okay. And um, and so yeah, and so that's that's basically the the genesis of it. And uh. I'll, we'll have a longer we'll have a longer chat about this off the off the air and um and so I could sh- share the whole the whole story. But yeah, that's basically the genesis. Look, of the I show. feel I've heard enough of that story now that I understand. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah, no, no the but what I'll do is name was I'll connect the do- adds to that story. I'll connect. I'll, no, no, no. I'll, I'll connect the dots for you though, okay. like where 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 everyone fits in afterwards. Nice. Um, anyway. Uh, so that's on again tomorrow night. And uh, given we were recording on Sunday night and not Monday night this week, uh, I may set something up, uh, seeing how I go for time. I may set up a like a watch-along party or something for the next episode. Maybe we won't, won't be doing it live, but, you know, I'm happy to, to, to watch it and uh, chat to folks while we're while we're doing it uh, yep. tomorrow. Um, it gives us a chance to sort of, like, test out the technology a bit as well and, you know, for things, you know, future live streams and stuff like that and just get that shit nailed down because it was disappointing uh, last week when that all, you know, fell to shit. I will um, say that the spray that Madge gave them after 
Yes. At halftime and after the game at Campbelltown for the Tommy game. Was it, was the Campbelltown one? Was it Titans? The full, was the full time one the one where he walked out, or was that? Yeah, the- he said, "Right, I'll see. You, I'll see you at three o'clock tomorrow for review," and just fucking walked out. <laughs> just walked out. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. It was great. But and, the spray uh, at halftime the, was the good fucking thing is, brilliant. Yeah. And well-deserved. It was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, there's going to be more of those sprays too. The, uh, with that second episode, the only thing I felt cheated on was the Manly game. They just they just put the, the tries over, like, to, you know, dramatic classical music. Yeah. Was, and, didn't, and didn't give me any, didn't give me any like, you know, Because they haven't really, done that. Or they haven't really done that for any other game. I don't know why they did it for that one. I reckon Madge probably killed Simon Dwyer. Maybe. And they didn't want to put it on camera. Maybe. Um, and also, <laughs> just like a bloodbath. The- for, for all yes. the bullshit that's been said about how Madge left the Rabbitohs and how the playing group revolted against him and all the rest of it, there's a hell of a lot of resi- like um, res- lingering respect for him from people like Adam Reynolds and the the trainers. Yeah, that was John good, Sutton. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was even the fucking mascot. Um, and Reggie, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. So uh, yeah, and the beautiful thing about Tiger Town is obviously these games have happened, so we know where the games were up to last at the end of last episode, and so we know we got a fair idea of at least you know the first couple of games that are going to feature in the next one, and so you can kind of go back and look at the draw and see what happened, and you can get a feel for how how blood the how bloody the next episode is going to be. <laughs> and I haven't looked up I haven't looked up the next one yet, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. tomorrow night. Anyway, on to the matter at hand. The uh, recaps for round, what round was it? 22. 22. Richie round. Thursday. Thursday night. The uh, Melbourne Storm, 26, defeat the Canberra Raiders, 16 at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Uh, The Storm had tries to Brandon Smith, uh, Dean Eremeyer, Chris Lewis, Nico Hines, three conversions. Uh, three penalty goals to Pappy, one to Nico Hines, defeating the Raiders 16, a hat-trick to Bailey Simonson with Sam Williams getting two conversions. I think the Raiders played like the like they were trying to scrape back some some credibility against high-level opposition. Uh, they were certainly very much up for the contest, um, although some, some errors and some fucking brain explosions probably cost them any real chance of winning the game. Um, mm. Melbourne's ability to repel opponents when I don't know that Melbourne were at their absolute best, but their opponents were definitely up for the contest, and they can just they hang in as well as like Melbourne just ride things out and hang in games when you know they might be you know short on field position or possession and just hang on and wait for the tide to turn. It's it's impressive to watch and, you know, we talk about their systems and all the rest of it, but there's a, just the level of resilience that they have um, to ride it out and then wait for their turn and their opportunity and then capitalise. It's, it's, I guess it's why they're leading the comp, but um, it's impressive to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I feel like they they defend they defended mostly. They defended pretty well. Yes. Mm. Um. But but they, they but they were way off 
you know, in their game in general was way below yeah. what we've come to see from them over this streak. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly was. But that's the benefit of having a team that can slot, that its comfort zone mm. is excelling mm. at very simple, low frills <clears throat> rugby league. You know, and, and that's something that's left over from the Cooper Cronk era when that was their, their greatest strength. Whenever the, the, the Melbourne Storm were in, in uh, out of a game a little bit, Cronk would reset them. He'd pull them back for a couple of sets and there would just be some very simple one-outs, get to the kick, he would put it in the corner and they would just defend the guts out for, and they'd just get back into their rhythm. And it's a yeah. fucking scary prospect that this Storm team has that as well. Because whether it was the way the Canberra Raiders came out of the blocks at them, and they did come out at them hard. Yeah. Or yeah. there was something else going on. Um, you know, obviously there's some some positional um, changes happening at the moment with players coming back and having more minutes. And then where do you put the other guys? Maybe they were just a bit off. But when they needed to, they could just slow things right down and really focus on what they do well. It's a fucking scary prospect. Mm. What do you think of the um, CHN tackle on Jerome Hughes? It's pretty fucking, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Like, what I will say is the level I'll give you, the but, level of remorse that he showed on the field and after the yes, game. Yeah. Respect for that. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say as well. And and we can compare and contrast that to an episode that happens later on in the round as well. Mm. Yes, we can. Um, which uh, which had which had none of which had none of none of the respect and remorse that that uh, CHN. Had. I mean, like he knew immediately what he'd done, and he was immediately like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, yeah. And you know, trying and trying to do the right thing. Obviously, you can't do the right thing. There's nothing you can do after at the time after that. But you know, just his actions. You could see that you know what he was going through as well at the time. And then his actions following the yeah, game. Exactly. Exactly. And and as far as tackles go, you know, it, yes, it was bad in terms of the the outcome. Um, but I'd, I think the, the cause of this one isn't as bad as some that we've seen. You know, it, it wasn't just sticking out an arm and, no. and fucking someone. Yeah his, yeah. his crime was he didn't bend down low enough. Yeah, and I'm not trying to absolve him of any guilt. They were put on fucking warning, change your technique. Um, but but all things considered, but, uh, yeah, I, I think for an offender, he's handled himself respectfully. Agreed. Yeah. Socials on that one. Ian, uh, Aaron, in the Facebook group, said the two greatest words in the English language: sports bet, early payout. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Lachlan said CHN's moved on from taking hymens to taking heads. Oh. Toto. Well, I mean, like, let's, yeah, in that incident, let's, I mean, let's be clear. He, 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 uh, he banged the teacher. Did he bang the in teacher? In that incident. So, yeah, Ockenbaugh was the one that, that hit, that hit the student. So let's just clear. Let's just let's let's just clear that narrative up. Well, (laughs) are you clearing it up? Because are you clearing it up, Nathan? Maybe the teacher was a virgin. Because I'm (laughs) good. 
because I'm going to because I'm going to guess without looking at all th- all the three socials that we uh, lean on for the comments for the game. I'm going to guess that wasn't the only one <laughs> referring to him about fucking the schoolgirl. No, there wasn't. <laughs> was far from the schoolgirl. Well done, David Lee Roth and uh, Grover said thanks for the opposed training session Raiders just sharpening our skills before the finals oof Uh, Ben said Hughes will be taking a much smaller bus to the next game Josh (laughs) said there's your blueprint rough them up don't let them dictate terms and take it to them then don't have a seven named Sam Williams (laughs) Toto said, so with the minor premiership pretty much locked up, Bellamy tinkering with the rotations like a mad scientist. Two hookers, two halves, and two fullbacks on the same time. Is this the future? There you go. Uh, Hammers says, Melbourne are too good. Even when they look beatable, they're still far better than anyone else. Canberra dragged Melbourne down to their level and still got handled. That's mm. a very apt description. That's us. Right, okay, uh, moving on to the Friday games. The uh, first one, the Penrith Panthers 34 defeated the Dragons 16 at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, the Panthers 34 came through a double to Brent Naden, a double to Dylan Edwards, Matt Burton, and Paul Monorovsky with tries, Cleary 5 of 6 conversions. The Dragons side had tries to Rabaloa, Bird, and Amoni, and uh, Lomax 2 conversions from 3 attempts. Off you go, step bad. It was far from a perfect performance, but what a fucking difference to the confidence and therefore the gameplay that one player makes. You know, and and it's it's well known, and we've said it a thousand times before on the show that you know Cleary's not out there making fifty tackles himself, and he's not out there telling people where to be in position and and instructing them. But <clears throat> but it goes to show how much he means as a leader where just his presence on the field and the amount other people look to him will dictate changes in their behaviour. They're a little bit sloppy early on and obviously there are still some some kinks to be ironed out with a couple of other players not suiting up. Uh, but the, the most impressive thing to me was that that side who just seemed to be confident that they can be in this for 80 minutes seems to be back that delayed gratification, as in they weren't rushing through everything, they weren't rushing to try and get points, and even when the Dragons had some success, you know, they, they didn't look phased, they just understood that if they kept going with what they knew they had to do, that they would eventually come out on top. And I think mentally that was a very important performance for them. Um, the I'm a fucking massive Naden fan, and I know that he committed a massive faux pas in, you know, his behaviour on and around the, the grand final last year and the potential he had to derail the entire fucking thing it, it can't be yeah. understated. Um, you know, for whatever fucking internal reasons they were that he decided to do that, you know, not my place to comment. But um, the energy that he plays with and... And the almost single-mindedness when he's out there. Um, he's a massive fucking talent and mm. I think an underrated get for a team like the Dogs. Uh, has the he drag. been out of the side more as a punishment or there hasn't really been, even with the injuries and stuff, there hasn't really been a, a, a spot specifically for him? Or a bit of both? I would suggest the only way that it's not a punishment 
is the if it's not broke, don't fix it mm. adage. And and if you <clears throat> if you can look at me and say that Momorovsky, who doesn't know how to fucking pass, or Charlie Staines, who's who's up and down in form and probably just not quite filled out enough yet for what we need out of a first grade outside back in mm. terms of yardage coming out of our own end. Um, if you can look at me and and say that they've both been better choices every game than Naden, you're seeing something that I don't. Mm. Yeah. Then again, I'm not there at training, and I don't know how much clue. I, I don't know yeah. if if Naden's got that fucking passive aggressive millennial streak in him, a la David Clemmer, mm. where he was punished for something a long time ago and he can't get over it and he's self sabotaging. Who knows? Mm. Um, but what what a fucking stark difference in form he brings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then again, maybe maybe he's not he's he's not so different in form that they like they 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 want to invest him in you know move move him up like the power rankings for the, you know for the outside backs because then he's a, gone anyway. That's you know it. I mean? That's the the last piece of the puzzle. Whereas he's Burton off to brings the so much more to the table. I mean, Bert, I mean yeah. the Burton is like a he's he has to, He's a critical yeah. you know player with his skills. Yeah, he has yeah. to be there. Yeah, that's it. Um, clear, yeah, yeah. good good sign that Cleary got through. Um, and made plenty of tackles, didn't miss any uh, with his shoulder as well. It's a there was one he sure solid. as fuck didn't miss with his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was, there, there, yeah, there was one that he could have he could have injured his shoulder completely on. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly put it to the test. Thoughts on that and why that wasn't called as a shoulder charge? Was that like just just a miss by the ref in the bunker, or or is it well, the, did the did he, did I, he I not think it waste have, the arm? I, I think it should have at least been. I think it should have at least been a case to answer. Yeah. Whether he got any time from it or not, you know, remains to be seen. But I think for them to just not even address it at all, yeah, I thought it was a bit, you know. Yeah, it's a bit sus. A bit weak. Yes. Especially and- considering, you know, things that happened over the rest of the round as well, you know. Mm. Um, so For the Dragons, yeah, look, they, they went out there and they did as best they could. Like we said, once Ben Hunt was gone, they are completely rudderless, and yeah. But the thing about the dragons, though, is is like I mean, not being privy to you know the way the juniors are coming through and all that sort of thing at the dragons as much as the dragons fan would be. Why on earth has Amoni been held back until this stage of the I season? I know, right? When he was fucking brilliant, like his <laughs> try was straight through the guts of the Panthers yeah. and spinning and you know weaving through like three, four guys, and then the try he set up as well was fucking tremendous. Mm. That guy is looks to be a player of the future, and you know what they could have fucking used him in the side. Like instead of all this conjecture over the, you know, oh, Ramsey and and Dufty and all that sort of stuff. I mean, why when you when you're carrying like Corey Norman all fucking season? Why isn't this kid getting a crack there? Especially when Hook has built his reputation on old blood kids into first grade mm. and shepherd them yeah. through. Yeah, you know, as long as they're white. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's why. Well, there we go. Just, we'll just answer just our answered. own question. <laughs> yeah, but no, he looks to be he looks to be uh, you know potentially a, a great player for the Dragons. So I presume we'll see more of him next year. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know the coming weeks as well, but you know, interesting. Ben in the social said, "I reckon NATO was listening to the pod earlier in the week. The throwback intercept try, fucking oath, he was big fan of the show. NATO is." <laughs> Um, fucking backflip on that doggy's deal champion, and just there's, there's a home for you at Penrith. 
I'll fucking brown paper bag you. Ten fifty a week. <laughs> John said, watching the dragons attack is like watching Helen Keller auctioneering. And for those of you too young to get that fucking hilarious joke, go and Google who Helen Keller is <laughs> and then imagine her running an auction. <laughs> I mean, surely she has, surely she has, I mean, for want of a better term, like brand name recognition, right, across the board? I don't know surely. if she does. <laughs> My standard position yeah. is that millennials don't know shit. Yeah, that I, makes sense. I reckon that there are a dozen millennials that I would have phone numbers for. And I could ask any of them who's Helen Keller. And none of them would know. Wow. Mm. Yep. Alistair said, can't wait to replace Norman with Norman V2. Moses Enby. Fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> Phil said, Kickow is the king of the unnecessary silly play. Ivan better hope he's injured or suspended if they make the grand final. Yeah, he needs to get his fucking mental right. Uh, Nigel said, Burton is an absolute weapon. If I was him, I would DCE coward my way out of that doggy's contract pronto. Fucking he's hoping. Devonhead said, how fitting. On the one-year anniversary of Mary's sacking, we play full Mary ball and extinguish any hope of playing finals. Yes, you fucking did. Uh, at Leishman Chris on Twitter said, and just like everyone's favorite cylindrical savory snack tubes, he's back. The Prince of Dexterity and Ingenuity, the Dragons are a Sayo biscuit in comparison. Started firm and dry, but were left very salty and difficult to swallow for their fans. Hashtag <laughs> Theory the Cleary. There we go. Uh, JDHD44 said, I'm not going to call Corey Norman a cancer, but only because I don't want to be rude to cancer. I wouldn't even call him a cum stain because that at least had some potential in it at some point. Oh. <laughs> and uh, did you see that a well-respected, by no one organisation, the Rugby League Players Association, came out in defence of Corey Norman. So just go through that story from the start, though. Like, so what happened was Fox's coverage was focusing on, you know, like negative comments about Corey Norman, right? Yes. And uh, yeah. Now I look. I I didn't hear Fox's coverage. What I saw, Neither. what I saw was their statement, and yeah. look, they're a union, they're a, you know, a players' union, so good on them for for towing the line. But there's this, <clears throat> this interesting thing happening at the moment, where three parts of it: criticism, actual abuse, and satire. Yeah are all being yep. muddled into this one section and being called trolling. You know? Yeah. And and it's being muddled in with like the, the racial stuff and the DMs about, you know, you you know, you fuck my multi, I hope your whole family dies. That's it. I'll I'll be, that kind I'll be of waiting for shit, you yeah. and I'll fucking cough COVID yeah, on yeah. you or you know, whatever it is. Yeah. One hundred percent. That shit's not okay. But after a poor performance the reality is there is going to be comments on your performance on social media. Yeah. You know, and it can't be a catch-all to say that no one's ever allowed to say anything about a performance. You know, no. if, if you want that, start a private National Rugby League that people can pay to watch and one of the conditions of paying to watch it 
is that you were allowed to make no comments about anybody's performance on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, up until then, fucking RLPA, do something more about fucking actually improving the player's situation in and post their career than fucking saying people aren't allowed to post things on social media. That's my yeah, fuck. Corey Goldman's like, I mean, like if you, if you want to defend players, I mean, get up there and defend, you know, you guys like Latrell Mitchell and stuff like that. I mean, That's like it, dying, hey. dying on Corey Norman Hill is, is not the, is not the way because I mean, he, he fucking knows the rules. <laughs> yeah, like dead, so, <laughs> dead set. Yes, yeah, only because he's mean, breached the ball you know, and more, had the ball explained. More, more. The only people that die on Corey Norman Hill are the stupid cunts that set fire their own fucking tent. So, I, I feel like that the the rugby league players association. There's maybe one two times a year where they they rear their ugly fucking head, and it never quite makes sense as to why or, or what yeah. they're actually trying to achieve. Um, and you know they could be you know to your point, Jay. They could be doing so much more and have so much of a stronger presence, um, and be so more relevant yep. than they are and they choose not to and this is the this is the moment where they wave their fucking flag and saying here we are <laughs> I, fucking yeah. ridiculous that's it yeah, and, and again I'll, I'll repeat it it's never okay to you know go after someone because of their race or or anything else Correct. akin to that but but at, at some and his personal threatening and all that sort yeah, of bullshit. Exactly. Is just ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. that's horseshit. But if if we're talking about criticism, like, yeah. uh, and and again to your point to your point about millennials, we we are in a world you know cancel culture and all the rest of it, where you know criticism now is is something that's going to be taboo. Well, fuck me, dead criticism is something that's been directed at, at players, it used to happen in the fucking papers when, you know, print media was a real thing. It yeah. happened all the time. People had jobs as critics. That's what they did. This <laughs> is not fucking new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but again. Yeah, the, the, the issue is, yeah, like 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 that dad said earlier, like the, the real the issue is you can't lump criticism and like, and like banter. Mm-hmm. In with the actual real harmful shit that shouldn't happen. And, and, so yeah. isolate those, isolate those, and make your song and dance about those things. That's fine. But this is the thing: in a yeah. year where yeah. there has been actual racist attacks on players mm. and actual yes. threats of self harm because someone lost a multi, yeah, there's been yeah. no or, or insignificant action, and then after. You know, uh, a top three worst performance of the year by an individual effort. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. they're up there standing. Who's up for known the for these such performances lately? Yeah, yeah. You know, from from a club who has had that performance for years and years and years and years. Yeah, with many apologies. You know, especially after the barbecue incident. Yep. Yeah, just read the fucking room, you dumb fucks. Next game. Yeah. Okay, so on to the uh, Sydney Roosters. 21 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 20 in possibly one of the uh, the early 
NRL chaos contenders of the season. <laughs> and uh, the Roosters 21 came through tries to uh, Isaac Liu, Dale Copley and James Tedesco. Kieran, three conversions and a penalty goal. Sam Walker with the field goal. And uh, the Broncos, tries through Payne Haas, Jordan Rickey, Albert Kelly, uh, Tyson Gamble, two conversions, Selwyn Cobbo with a conversion and penalty goal. And uh, that's the way it was. I think Funny. if the last five minutes of this game proved anything, it's that some sides find ways to win and some find ways to lose. <laughs> the Roosters yes. managed twice in the last five minutes to, to put themselves in positions to win and the Broncos managed twice in the last five minutes to put themselves in position to lose. Um, I will say that the Broncos and, you know, with all the talk of clean out and Iken coming in and cleaning house and, you know, shaking up the roster, etc. Um, obviously the playing group at large has been put on notice that there's a, there is a clean out looming um, and it does look like, due to the increased effort, um, I think they're still lacking in certain areas as far as skill compared to plenty of other teams in the comp, but um, their their base level of effort has certainly risen over the last sort of four or five weeks. Um, and if that level of effort continues into next year, they bring some other pieces in, you can see the Broncos are going to be far more competitive Um you know, for the struggles that they've had over the last couple of seasons. And then you've got Reynolds' direction, kicking game, etc., over the top. So um, it's a bridge too far for them at the minute. But, you know, over the over the coming seasons, I can see the Broncos, if they recruit well enough, which is always going to be a challenge, they, they don't have the, um, you know, they don't have the same pulling power as they used to back in the day where guys had come for overs, uh, unders, sorry. Um, They're now having to pay overs to get players. So that's a challenge in itself. But um, I think the pressure's on Ben Iken really to take what they've shown over the last month or so and whittle some of the dead wood and and bring some key pieces in and um, make the Broncos a competitive side. And look, they started that process. I mean, obviously, mm. Adam Reynolds is a great get for them, and he's going to you know, change things you know, sig- significantly. Uh, yeah, plus, I mean, you know, you know Kurt Capewell is obviously a great, yep, you know, get for them as well. Yeah, he is. He's just the kind of guy they need. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see how they proceed uh, next year. And uh, look, I think Kevy's probably saved himself with their performances, though. Like whether it's you know they're on notice of a clean out, or whether it's whatever he's doing is starting to you know, gel a yeah. little bit. Yeah, I wasn't talking about and, Kevy, um, I was talking about the playing group. I don't think Kevy yeah. I don't think Kevy's yeah. been going anywhere at all at any point. Oh well I mean you know, you're not going he's not going year one, but I mean like let's face it, you know, if they got you know back to back spoons, mm. it doesn't matter what they think about him or how long he signed on yeah. for, there's gonna be there's pressure. You know, because yeah, it's I like agree. we sacked the guy and got you in and here we are with the same fucking results. So and we are a results driven yeah, business. Results anyway. I, I was thinking yeah, about this yeah. a bit today. The difference in in Broncos fans and Dogs fans, and I know Dogs fans have been wallowing in this area for a lot longer than Broncos fans have, but Broncos fans seem to be reasonable enough to be okay with incremental improvement in certain areas, and especially improvement in effort and attitude. Mm. Whereas yeah. Dogs players, you know, they 
they're fucking calling for people's heads and this and the the team's gone backwards under Barrett and it's blah 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 blah, which, which I, I think is completely wrong. But but Broncos fans seem smart enough, fucking surprisingly, to look at this team and say, well, hang on, we haven't copped the amount of fifty burgers we copped last year. You know the there has been an increase in the effort that they're putting in every week. It's not like it was where they'd get out and try for 10 minutes and then as soon as a try was scored against them, they'd drop their heads and and that was the game. Like you you knew after 15 minutes whether it was going to be a 13-plus or not in the Broncos' losses. Whereas this year, they've gone up against it, albeit (laughs) injury-ravaged roosters, but still a team in the top half of the competition. Mm-hmm. The, the inj- injury-ravaged yep. Roosters are still beating plenty of sides. Yeah, exactly. Of good sides. Mm. And they have been injury-ravaged long enough that those, those people are almost now, you'd, you'd say, permanent members of the, the mm. squad. But the, the fact is there were enough moments in that game and, and I don't know if it's fear where where they just had to turn the screws a little bit because they were out enthusing the roosters. Uh, and Teddy can do a lot of things, but this is where the difference of a, a good half and a serviceable half come in. Sometimes there are just there are things that your half needs to do themselves to get you out of those positions. And it's where the DCEs, the Clearies, the, the Munsters really rise above. And I just don't think the Roosters' young halves are ready yet to do mm. that. They're fucking close. Um, yeah. You- it's just that they say that term gets thrown a lot is game management. You know, that yeah, it gets bandied it. about. But, yeah. you know, it is it is a key ingredient. And you see some top, some halves and, and one place for my club play many, many, many first-grade games yeah. and never really get game management. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's the one that gets the good ones over the hump to, to be the great ones. Can Victor Radley come back? From, like, he, he is slowly turning into a fucking liability. Not slowly. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm... I'm well, I mean, this, this game, he was, a minute, he was a minute and a half or whatever away from being, like, literally the, you know, the losing of this match. That's it. Yeah. But now I'm, I'm a massive fan of the, the way he plays above his weight division and... And the way he gets in and gets his work done in defense and, and then he's just fucking punishing the lines he runs in, in attack. Massive Radley fan. He fucking lost me a bit after his little spit about I'm not gonna change my tackling technique. I've done it you know this long and blah, 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 blah. and you know, Robbo. Yeah. Robbo publicly pulled him into line on that one. Yeah. But it it's at the stage now where it appears to be at almost starting to frustrate his teammates mm. with what he's doing. It, is this a slope he can come back well, from? Well, yeah, it does. It, you reckon? Oh, he, he, can, he can come back from it. I mean, and I don't know if his teammates are frustrated by it, but I mean, you can't argue that it's costing them, you know, moments and, you know, it could cost them a huge game. I remember, but yeah, you know, on this very show, the first, the, the, his debut, I think it was against Manly, and he put a dog shot on either Marty Tapao or or Dylan Walker, and it's kind of people, you know, oh. he sort of made his name like, oh my god, what a huge hit, 
And I called him back then, and he hasn't changed in years. Yeah, but see, of doing basically hitting people high, but now they actually, but now they actually care about. Well, now we'll see. I'm not going to joke about you know players and CTE and everything. It's an important issue, stepdad. But um, I think Dylan Walker getting CTE is an exceptionally important issue. He I would like to see it advance yeah, as hard I think as I was, can. I think it was. I think it. Was, I think it was Marty Tapao. But um, the th- the thing is, Team with Kapow. he hasn't changed. Like he hasn't changed then and now. Now the NRL actually cares about. They didn't care about shit then. I mean, like you know, things like you know, the, the sort of stuff that's getting sinned in now is like you know, just going through to the keeper and not even getting a penalty then. Mm. But um, now you know, whether it's you know his tackling style or the fact that all his all his inability to change what he does naturally when the game has changed, how it adjudicates on these things, then you know, mm. grubs. Don't change their don't change their spots. The grubs have spots. Victor Radley does. Jesus. Um, look, the Roosters the Roosters were the Roosters were yeah okay by and large. I think it was the Broncos were really lifted in this game. Mm. I mean the, the Roosters like the okay. I mean you know you got the you know hog Teddy sort of stuff came back into it again and it just you know look, I'm not going to go over, you know relitigate that again but it does my fucking head in because we know how good Teddy is. And this uh you know this hog thing that's coming to his game he needs to go back to 2018 or 2019. And uh, you know, become that kind of Teddy again. But uh, I tell you, the one thing I'll give Roosters massive respect and credit for is keeping keeping your uh, your challenge in your pocket until the very end. Yes, <laughs> is uh, is is absolute big team rugby league play. Yeah, within the rules and the slightest sniff there. Yep, okay, we can pull it out here. It's our last chance, and for them to then find. While reviewing the footage for the for the uh, for the challenge, finding you know the slightest of love tap high shots in the footage, you know thereby earning them a penalty that they then use to you know kick the the winning two points for the game. I mean that's just you know that's a team that's a, you know, a culture of winning, you know smart management. Yeah. Versus you know someone that's not so yeah. much. I did see a bunch of questions about why Teddy could could um, challenge it. And we will get to that in the, the comments. But essentially the issue was that the, the call stopped play and the captain's yeah. challenge works on what the restart of play is going to be. Right? So a structured restart of play, a penalty, a scrum, a dropout, will allow a challenge. Things like a handover won't. So because it involved a structured restart, there was going to be a scrum. That's why Teddy was allowed to challenge. For those playing yeah. along at home. Anything else you want to say on that one? No. Yeah, Joshua said, Coates is going to be a nightmare at Melbourne next season. Fucking Melbourne. Of course he is. Imagine that kid. What's a multiplier you put on people when they go to Melbourne? Times three, times four, of what their talent is. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say two point five. That generally, oh. yep. oh, conservative. <laughs> Andrew said Teddy looks like he's chasing Dally M points. <laughs> Darren said no foot in either camp. Why is Tedesco allowed to captain challenge on the tackle when the refs call was for a no play the ball? It wasn't a ruling on the tackle. That's a very good question. Um, Teddy wasn't challenging on the high shot. 
it was just challenging on the ruling. Originally, they yep. they went in and they were trying to get it so that he it wasn't about to play the ball or that there was interference in there, and they were just fucking lucky as shit that there was high contact they leading up to it. the footage and yeah. 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 So if there wasn't that high shot, that would have been challenge unsuccessful, ruling stays, you know, game goes on. Broncos, Broncos probably ball win. probably play out the game. Yeah. But there was yep. contact with the head. Uh, Jason said, fucking love that we've got some steel and tenacity the last couple of games about time. Tough game, less six agains. I'm pissed and happy at the same time. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, Josh said, Teddy needs to watch 2018 highlights. He's better running off the half and five-eighth, getting one-on-one with the centre. That's almost exactly what you mentioned, mate, that he's got a Exactly, fucking, mate, exactly. He has a textbook game plan written by fucking him as to how to be successful as him. Yeah. Go back to that. Uh, yeah. Tom, it's a greater yeah. effort from the Broncos. Just wish they could play to that level every week. Would hate to see a finals game decided in that way. Two correct calls by the letter of the law but neither of them sit right with me, which is, I saw, I reckon, about a dozen people say something similar, and that fascinates me that you can sit there and say, yes, by the letter of the law, it's correct, but I don't like it, or, or it doesn't sit right yeah. with me. Um, commentators do that shit all the time. Like, how many times do you hear a commentator in a game where there's, like, some spectacular ball movement that goes the length of the field and they're going to score the try, yeah. except there was a little knock-on somewhere so, in it and they're like, oh, and they're going, oh, does, just let yeah. it go. I mean, it's so spectacular. Someone yeah, does a flip. No, no, fuck. It's- yeah, they do a flip, but they yeah. step on the sideline. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah like... Yeah. Um, well, no, that's, that's, that's the rules, mate. That's, that's why they're there. Yeah, Tim said, saving a challenge till the death when the game's in the balance is a big brain move. Without that challenge, that high shot gets missed, exactly. Even with the loss, the best performance yep, we've legend. had this year. Milford was actually solid, and I can see him having a Benji-style role at Souths. He was much improved. Mm. And uh, as the last word, Nigel said, got to love it when the battlers of the comp get an even break. <laughs> a victory for the good guys. <laughs> you know, actually, I, I blame I blame their injury toll like solely on him. I mean, he's manifested this battlers thing. Yeah. Because he's been on that, he's been on that for two years. Yeah. So he's manifested their injury toll to make them battlers. <laughs> the secret works. And uh, wish, at- believe, which ask, receive, believe, receive, done, done, done. <laughs> Adam underscore is boring on Twitter. I said it much as it hurt me as a Broncos man. I was immediately pleased for the laughs it will bring from the boys. There you go. Fuck me. You must be <laughs> fucking deep in depression with your football team. What <laughs> are the next one? Please don't don't wish don't don't wish uh, don't wish losses on your team just just for our entertainment, man. Like that's that's what the West Tigers yeah, are for. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it really is. And, I mean, and and they 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 are the the fountain of youth and the never ending fucking provider of goodness. The Rabbitohs thirty six to feed the Titans six at Seabus. The Rabbitohs thirty six came through tries to Latrell, Adam Reynolds uh, double to Mansour, double to Braden Burns, Reynolds four of six conversions and two penalty goals. The Titans six tries to Corey Thompson. And a uh, conversion to Toby Sexton. Your Titans looked at various patches of this game, like they've thrown in the towel on the year, um, which is disappointing. Um, they've still got. Do you think they? Do you think they have that? Oh, I, I just think periods in this game when when they were right way. up against it, um, against South and South looked like they were really on. I don't know that the Titans were really up for the fight, um, mm. but. Having said that, they're still 
they're still in with a you know legitimate chance of making the eight, <coughs> which is um, and I, I haven't had a look at the Titans draw if I'm honest, but um, there's no you know sometimes Souths are going to get on a roll against any side no matter where they sit on the table or what sort of form they're in and and there's fuck all the opposition can do about it. Um, I think Melbourne and Penrith are the obvious choices um, and have been all season and Manly look to be putting themselves on on that level. Um, South, it seems weird to say for a team that's um, going to finish in the top four, but compared to the other teams, um, you know, those other Manly, Penrith, Melbourne, South are going to maybe finish fourth and they'll be the smoky, you know, like normally a team will finish fucking scrape into the eight, you know, para years ago or whatever. No, South, South should South, South are pretty much locked in for third, aren't they? Look, whoever, whoever oh, wins I thought this Manly week, either South or Penrith, yeah. gets the gets second. Okay. That's yeah, because like the storm, the storm, are, the storm are where they are, and then it's Panthers and Rabbitohs fighting out for second, third. That's right. It. And then it's then it's, then it's, there's not enough games left for the Roosters um, to make a dent in that or Manly. Yeah. Okay. So, but they they yep. on when they're on, they are they are fucking they are fucking brilliant, and the speed that they play at through the ruck uh, with and then Walker off the back of that, um, you know, in a big game. Sometimes things will go in a team's favour, you know, such as South. And when they get that roll on, like I don't care if it's Melbourne, Penrith, whoever, that's that's tough to contend with for any team. Mm. They, you, you talk about you know un, underrated or or Smokies or Dark Horse or however you want to call them. Somehow at this stage, Adam Reynolds is the fucking forgotten one. Mm. You know he is expertly orchestrating 80 minutes of football for that team week in, week out. Just hope he doesn't get injured. Yeah, fuck, that'd be terrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> he's, prone, he's prone to an injury. And he's, he's always... Well, it's, had... it's coincided with him defeating his injury streak. Yeah. <laughs> he's always <laughs> had that in his game that that he was an excellent you know, technical half. You know, he, he was the one that always made the right decision. He was his kicks were directionally amazing. Um, his accuracy was phenomenal. And with guys that usually get the, those sorts of accolades, comes the criticisms: oh, he should run more. His passing game could do with some variance, things like that. But he's he's now added, Glenn. You know, you spoke about it before that game management piece, which has been there in some respect. But this year he's excelling, mm. and it's what he's doing in the territory battles early in the game that really allow that Harlem Globetrotter left side yeah. to do what they do. He's having an unbelievable season. And if they get all the way to the big dance, it'll be on his shoulders. Fair. Now, just looking at my live ladder predictor, as I love to do, um, the first week of yeah, the finals... The Titans draw coming up. Well, let's face it. That, that, yeah, okay. So do you, want me to go, do you want me to run through the Titans draw, do you? 
Well, no, no. I mean, Glenn was just saying he didn't know what their draw was, and they've got the Storm next week, followed by the yeah. Knights, and then followed by the Warriors. So, like Storm next week. I mean, we're going to mark that down as an L. Uh, yep. The Knights is the crucial game for the Titans in two weeks' time because I mean, both of those guys are you know they're currently as we stand you know, sitting in the eight. Yeah. And, yep. But I think if the Titans, I don't think they can afford to drop those two points. If they get the if they get the Knights, then it gives them a chance. If they miss that game, then I think they're I think they're done. But I mean, I, I don't think they I don't think they're, they're a team that looks like they've thrown in the towel. I think it was just the just laid bare the difference between the good teams and the shit teams. Not shit teams, but the teams that you know I the think ones that are going to finish in seven and eight the best. Scraping, yeah. Look, I think the Titans need to yeah. lose to the Knights because and hear my For logic. What? Hear my logic. If they lose to the Knights, oh, hang on, why have I fucked that? I had that before. This ladder predictor. She's I'm going to say, me and, me, me and Glenn had a conversation last week after you'd left the phone and we went through the ladder predictor and it looked very different to the way you were saying. So I'm not that really, I'm not that convinced on but your ladder. But I had the same look on my face <laughs> that you have right now, Jay. And I was like, have I fucked something up? Because he was really confident. I'm not going to recommend that the Titans lose to the Knights. They need all the two points they can get at this point. <laughs> oh, no, so, don't worry. Don't I don't worry. think there's any strategic tanking that yeah, can happen. It's, it, that, that, that game essentially... You know, determines determines their season. You'd assume they'd get the Warriors last round. Yeah, but I mean, like the Warriors have been going. You know, they've they've been going pretty well. And you know, maybe maybe it's a case where you know for the Warriors where it's kind of win and get in. Yeah, mm. yeah, maybe. So it might be it might be a live game. Although the Warriors are on twenty two points, whereas it looks like you need on your predictor yeah, at that stage it, in the it season. Looks like you need twenty six. And for and against. So who fucking knows? For and against could come into this. So. Look, there's so many teams oh. between 18 and eighteen and 22 I points at the it. moment, and many of them play each other as well. So there's going to be so many you know, sacrifices of games versus each other and people stealing two points off each other. And yeah, who exactly. knows? It's actually not. It's actually, you know, despite the, the foregone conclusion of the top six, whatever order they may be, um, there is a bit of, you know, interest and spice to... Yes, yeah, seven on. and eight. That, that, that'll, that'll keep the keep it interesting for people. You know, pretty much all the way down to like sus- you know thirteenth. I suspect there's a bit of spice for the rest of the season. Who finishes ninth? Also, no spice. No oh, spice. No spice at all. That, Tabasco. That is fated. That is written. Tabasco. Kevin, in the Facebook group, said, "I feel bad for the Titans here. They haven't looked bad, but just a few silly mistakes and the rabbits just putting them to the sword. Yeah, they make you fucking pay." Uh, Conan says, for years, the Titans' predominant attribute has been bombing tries. If they had any fans, they'd be beyond frustration. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony said, the Bunnies are coming on strong at the right time. Indeed, they are. Uh, And Dan said, really good defensive resolve from the Bunnies. Great line speed and kick chase. With their top 17 all available for selection next weekend, it's going to be a cracking game against Penrith. You are right, sir. That's us. The West Tigers, 24, defeated the North Queensland Cowboys, 16, up there at the Abattoir in North Queensland. The Tigers, 24, 
came through tries to uh, Stefano Otokimanu, Ken Mamalo, uh, Kelma Tulai, and Tommy Talao. Dewey, four or four conversions. The Cowboys, 16, came through tries to uh, Nanai, Dearden, and Hampton. Holmes, two conversions, and uh, that's it. And I did not even see this game because I, I listened to it on the radio. I was on the way driving up to the sunny coast for the next game. So, Glenny, it seems like it got pretty tight and uh, nerve-wracking there at the oh, end. Oh, second week in a row where... I've taken a breath after a game was over with that we'd won. Thought to myself, thank fuck that's finished and moved on with fairly minimal excitement. Um, Tigers did some good things. They did some Tigers things. Uh, the Cowboys got a sniff at a couple of stages and, and um Put a cup, put some, you know, a couple of impressive energy plays on, and and put points on the board. Um, and they scored a late try, which fucking opened the door or gave them a bit of a sniff, and and then it was a bit of NRL chaos, as you put it, um, to to close out to the point where they were trying to take a penalty kick quickly. And they, uh, Holmes rushed it, <laughs> hits cannons off the fucking post, skews out to the Cowboys' right. It looks like they're going to pick it up and score a fucking try. It was like 2011 all over again. Um, there's certain parts of the Tigers' effort, as I said, that were that were quite good. There's far too many that were poor, and and they they just floated in and out of the game energy-wise and the Cowboys weren't great and it it looked like at certain stages they were down on troops as well. Obviously, Tal Malolo didn't play, um, but it's just it's just another one. It's just, to use a cliche, just happy to get the win and fucking... But there, there was nothing convincing about it. There was nothing that made me think... Geez, these guys are really pumped um, to make the eight. Well, the chances of, that they have of make the eight, and they, they're really driving hard after it, which is pretty fucking depressing. Um, and they're winning these shit games against shit teams, which is and 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 very unconvincingly, which is even more depressing. But um, they're still there, and you know we've lost games due to shit effort this year that we we really should have won. So. I'll take it. But surely that's got to be an improvement on on what you're used to in terms of you know going in this stage of the season trying to make the finals. These are the ones you normally lose. Absolutely. Like absolutely. Th- this is your year. <laughs> I know what you're doing. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I, just, I think as like a West Tigers fan who's, you know, just knowing what we know about the West Tigers, no need to rehash all that again. But why you describe it as depressing, you know, when you, you know, chalking up wins, no matter how you come by them. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you, you take them, you know, gratefully because you know into your, into your hands and, you and you hold them an, tight and you never let them go. You also have an understanding what's happening of what's happening, and I just feel like there's a, a crescendo of a match coming at some point before this season is out. And these wins that I describe as depressing will be the things that yes. help us finish ninth. And then I've got an entire off-season, probably next year, putting up with 
more bullshit. That's oh. that's why I describe them as depressing. Um, they've got some tests. I don't know that they're going to pass any of them based on what they've shown over the last two weeks. So are you saying you would rather finish lower than ninth just to get the mean value removed from the table placing? Oh, if we finish lower than ninth, fi- it would mean that we've completely capitulated over these next three games, which is fucking appalling in itself. So I just, <laughs> well, what? I mean, just what, really you, want to scrape into finish, the eight. And that's what I want to do. If you finish ninth, if you finish ninth, mate, it's, it does Going from thirteenth to ninth is not capitulation. That's uh, that's actually massive improvement on yeah. where you are right now. That's it. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Fuck ninth. I don't want to finish ninth. Do you have anything to add to that one, stepdad? <laughs> no, not at all. How can I add to that? Liam said, "Is Darius the defensive coach for Val Holmes?" Oof, that's a fucking damning assessment. Oof, Hayden. Said, He's well, not a man with the Tigers, but this. No. Val, mm. I don't think he's a good no. fullback choice. No. You know, in, no. in what other sport, right, or what other fucking job, can you be great at something, fuck off and do something else for a long time, and come back to a completely different skill set? Mm. Like if you're a dentist, yeah. right? You're a dentist. <laughs> and you fuck, off, you fuck off to America... <laughs> To become a fucking chiropractor, going to college. What do Americans pump out? I don't know. A gun salesman, evangelist. That's it. You know, a tele evangelist. (laughs) Then you come back and you go, brain surgery. Might give that a crack. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I did stuff in medicine. I had fucking things that I sterilized and I pressed the button and they went. I'm sure there's some fucking similar things over here. Let me start cracking some scones. The fuck? Why is Val Holmes all of a sudden a fullback after he mm. fucked off and, and tried to do gridiron? Playing fullback for the Cowboys think, is I, akin I, I, to brain surgery. You heard it here first. <laughs> I think it's I, I, I think it's like a it's like a chicken and egg sort of puzzle where it's like why does Val get a million dollars because he's a fullback? Why why is Val a fullback? Because they're paying him a million dollars. Yeah, okay. And you don't pay a million dollars for wingers. Yeah. Jesus fucking uh, Christ. You know. Hayden <laughs> said, well, it was a win for the Tigers, but there's still a huge gap between our good and worst. It's either we're half decent or absolute garbage. No in between. They almost gave another highlight reel, not for the replays, but for the season finale of Tiger Town by nearly Tiger-essing a 12-point lead. Yep. Yeah. That's Joey. what we're talking about. Joey said it was painful watching this game. One, because of the Tigers, but two, because of the mistakes from the Cowboys. Yes, that would have been fucking death for you. Uh, and the biggest Tiger said, it's great to see we've come so far. We are now a team that gets Noffa junk time tries scored against us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the circle is complete. That's us. All right. Uh, the Mighty Manly Seagulls 56 defeated the Parramatta Eels 10 at Sunshine Coast Stadium. And uh, this one, uh, Manly had a hat-trick to Ruben Garrick, a uh, double to Moses Suley, also tries to Brad Parker, Tommy Turbo, Dylan Walker, and Jason Saab, and Hamali Olkwatu. Uh, Garrick, eight of ten conversions. The Eels tries to uh, Opacek and Blake with one conversion to Clinton Gutherson. 
first thing is my first time that I've been to Sunshine Coast Stadium since it was called Sunshine Coast Stadium. I think the last time I went there it was like a you know Quad Park or something like that, but um up at Kiwana there or Bocarina or whatever they wherever they call it. Since then they put a, a grandstand up there and it's fucking it's great. It is it's a it's a great place to watch footy. Um the grandstand is kind of elevated, like it's probably like two meters high before you start getting to the seat so everywhere has like a, a good view of the action it's not like sitting in row two of uh at suncorp where you know you're right down on ground level and it's kind of hard to get an overview of what's going on um when the play moves down like the other opposite end of the field or whatever um so yeah great great place um hills on three sides on the two short sides and on one of the long sides and then the stand's great i was sitting in the stand um Excellent, and, and it's great to go to a ground that holds, like, on a good day, like, you know, a maximum, I think, of probably about 12,000 people. Then you've got the COVID thing, so that's a maximum of 6,000. And it felt pretty pretty full, you know, to, to that kind of level. Mm. But it's great to be able to go, to go to, a, like, a suburban footy ground and park within, like, 150 metres of the ground and walk to your car and <laughs> oh, walk to the ground, go watch the footy, and then, and then walk out of the ground and then walk to your car. It takes five minutes and then, you yeah. know, maximum, and then you're in your car and you're away again. By you know? the end of the game, you so. know everyone in the stadium by name. Including 13-year-old rangers. Yeah, yeah, fucker. Um, they do the the way they do the COVID stuff, though, I mean, is, is like farcical, though, because they've over, over the PA all the time like like every five minutes in the game it's like if you have food and drink you know you need to sit down when you're consuming it and like that's great and you know you need to wear your mask in the stadium except when you're eating or drinking and they're sort of saying and stay you know stay distant you know like 1.5 meters from people and you're like okay the way they did the seatings it wasn't like in like parties then with like a couple of seats between them then the next party and a couple of seats they basically just had sold tickets to every other row. So the first row was yeah, shoulder fuck. to shoulder full. Then the second row was empty, third row full, and we were in the third row. And so you had like a blank row in front of you and behind you, but you still got these you know, randoms you don't know seem like directly next to you, um, <laughs> which kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. Um, but yeah, oh, awesome ground. And like if you if you live up that way, or if your team if you live in Brisbane and your team is playing at Sunshine Coast Stadium over the next couple of weeks, definitely recommend to get up there because it is an awesome place to watch footy. Um, they need a bigger screen and you know scoreboard sort of thing. But um, but other, it's, it's just a great ground to watch footy. Um, game itself, uh, super super happy with the way they played. I mean, there's always a danger with you know sort of big emotion games or, uh, against the Storm um, the week before that you know there could be like a letdown coming into the next week but I think because Parramatta were also a team and it was an important game to sort of determine the you know the sequence of the of the top four and if they could get into the top four uh you know they were up for it and it's the best start they've had to a game like probably the first 30 minutes is the best first 30 minutes of a game they played in fuck man I, I don't even know years years I mean it was just you know they, they had the ball for the first 10 minutes before Parramatta even got a set in possession pretty much they'd had two tries on the board by that play by that time um the machine just hummed into gear and started to resemble a little bit more of what the the final form should be when stuff really counts uh Daly had an amazing game but they just they just Parramatta seemed to be so jittery about what was going to happen with Tom and Daly and anybody else that they they seemed to try this weird sort of jamming in thing, except they were jamming in and not really cutting the playoff. And so 
you know, Schuster and Tommy and Kieran Foran are just throwing fucking lollipops over on the left and Daly's throwing them over on the right-hand side and guys like uh, like uh, Sivo were just getting absolutely fucking roasted the whole time. I mean, the kicking game was on point as well. I mean, there were a couple of kicks that just needed to find that extra meter or two and the, a bounce the right way to get 40-20s. But even though, even when they weren't 40-20s, they were sort of sat a meter out, you know, from the corner post and, you know, Mike Asivo would have to retreat and, and bring them back. And he just, he got so worn out by the whole thing that at a point there, it just, you know, he's one, the one thing that he can do, the one thing he's known for is to be like a barnstorming runner of the ball. He's not like super fast. He's not like a threat under the high ball or any of that sort of thing. He's a, just a giant guy that barrels through people. And it, he he had to he had to turn around and run so many times that he just lost all will to do anything. And he was just like surrendering in tackles by about the thirty minute mark as well. And so it was just it was just a excellent excellent coaching, excellent execution of of. Everything and I mean like and, and you so, know, I wasn't super happy with the with the, so with the I wasn't super happy with the tries they scored in the last play of each half, but otherwise it was like a you know it was a ten out of ten performance nine point nine out of ten performance. So so you're now an NRL coach and you're going up against Manly. What's your yes. what's your game plan for Tommy? Break I, his I would almost have it. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they they tried that and it didn't seem to, it didn't seem to stop, <laughs> it didn't seem to stem the tide <laughs> at all. Do a um, proper job. Look, look, you know, just I, I would, I would just, I would just echo what, you know, you, you hear guys, guys like, um, you know, Storm, the Storm players and and Craig Bellamy said, is just like, you're not going, you're not going to stop him, stop him. You just have to try and limit limit the damage. But the thing is, you know what you, you know what you're going to do as well. And I think that to treat him, I don't, you know, for want of a better term, just like you yeah, treat him with less reverence and like less like you know less respect because half the time teams get so head fucked yeah. by Tommy. I agree that when they run that play out on the, when they run that play out on the left. They can either go out the back to Tommy and then he goes over the top to to Ruben and it's a try. Or when they see the guy rushes up on Tommy, they go short to Schuster or, you know, they do something else. Or they, or they cut Tommy out and go straight to Brad Park or something like that. But the, the, it's the fact that Tommy's in the line all the time. It just head fucks them into making bad decisions. And so I think you need to just take him off the pedestal as an opposition. And so it reminds me of that old origin meme when... Um, when the New South Wales trainers running on the field in Origin, going walkers on, walkers on, and like as if he was like this fucking boogeyman that yeah. that everyone had to be absolutely terrified of. That's he, he's like that. And that's like, the that's presence. the status he has in the game at the minute with his with his opposition yeah, players. And, and so, so I would my first thing would be just to try and like obviously accept the fact that he's he's super dangerous. Accept the fact he's probably going to like lay on line break assist or something like that. Yeah, but just have a little bit less rever- reverence for him and. You know, keep your eyes on everybody else around him and not just fixate, because that's what I mean. That's 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 what you know. There's, there are times when he doesn't touch the ball and the break still happens just because people are fixated on what he's going to do. It's a great and English effect. Guy... Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, and I, I think, but we're I mean, lucky. this game was like, yeah. So yep. I, I think we're like because I haven't seen a player since Inglis whose very presence 
did to defences exactly what you've described. And now we've got two of them in the league. You know, you've got Tommy and, and Latrell's yeah. doing the same thing at South. So, yep. Um, I, I, as much as Penrith will be the fucking champions this year, I would like to imagine there's an alternate universe somewhere where there's a Manly South's grand final. Because um, fuck. And finishes like 46-44. Or and then that and that would that would truly be the poster child grand final result for the Volandis era though, right? Mm. Like just massive amounts of points on either side. A close game, but massive amounts of points on yeah, either side. Yeah, because there's been four sin like there's shooter. been four sin bins per team. So there's just no forward pack. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, but, um this Parramatta though, uh absolutely and completely head fucked. Yeah. Their attack is nothing is absolute nothingness. It Some was of the errors so they made funny though, to watch. Are fucking appalling. Like for a team that oh, the, the, has, has been in the in the top eight all year and at certain you know has had the type of attack that in some games has been fucking outstanding. You've got there was probably half a dozen occasions where someone dropped it from first receiver or dummy half or it, it was fucking atrocious. Yeah, and it and it and it permeated like the entire like Mitchell Moses had that drop when he was just sort of going for a kick and he just yeah. just you know just drops a collar, and Mitchell Moses was so timid, especially in that first half. I think he had like one touch or something. Mm. Or was it one run in the first half? It was just ab, ab, it was just not good enough. And um and if he's not doing anything for them, then who's doing something for them? Their attack was just like, it was just like one out the whole time. And like, I was sitting in an area where there were tons of para fans and it was funny. Like they were, they're just calling out when they got a penalty towards the end of the first half. And I think it's like 26 nil at this point or something like that. They're yelling out and they're starting a chant to take the two. Fuck. And just, just, just to get something on the board. And like, that's it. Like <laughs> that's, that's where they were mentally. Mm-hmm. And the team didn't seem like it was any better. Um, And like, just on a, and, and you know Brad Arthur, he doesn't have any answers. You see the press conference afterwards. He he doesn't. He accepts that it's all gone bad, but he doesn't have any answers. And like you, you can't sack a coach this week for the results because that side is still going to be at worst sixth and have mm. a finals campaign. But uh, you know, I don't think he's. The, I don't think he's the guy for them. I don't think he gets past time. Mad Monday. If I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Unless they pull some miraculous, they win the first round and then they, you know, they go deep into the into the mm. finals somehow. I think um, I just I just don't know how it can happen. Um, Regan Campbell Gillard has been a massive out for Para, um, and and they've really felt his presence in the middle. And now Madison will be gone for probably, I'd say somewhere around three or four weeks. Could be more. Uh, with yeah. that, if with he that goes table. around, if he's gone for four weeks, he's gone for the season. Yeah, exactly. Because um, they won't get out of week one. Then on top of that, you got Moses and Gutherson, um, regular season wonders, and they'll get your wins right up until the pressure comes on, and then they disappear. And yep. you know, I think Nathan Brown. You know, there was some. You know, well, he got he, hooked. Yeah, exactly. See, he was he was being viewed as a as a leader. You know, um, for, by by effort alone, um, you've got no Reed Marnie. Like the, the the team is is completely void of any leadership on the field. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it shows. Yep. Yep. And like to show how timid they were, I mean, like I, yeah, I wasn't nervous about the result, but I thought this would be a close, tough game because we had two of our first, you know, first pick props out, you know, through injury, and then and then Kepi as well, who's out, you know, with a partner having a child, and so like having the, you know, having three three of our forwards who would be in the seventeen every week, you know, when fit, out of the side against a side like Parramatta, who you know, if nothing else, can you know can hold their own in the middle. I thought, well, you know, we'll see. But they were, they were timid and rolled from like minute one, mm. and they just never, they were never in this contest uh, at any stage. I mean, there were some times there in the second half, particularly where Manly had to do a lot of uh, defense and uh, repeat sets and stuff. But they didn't, like, they didn't do anything with it. They couldn't, you know. It's, it was just, it was fucking, it was impressive to be honest. And I mean, just something like a, a troll, a trollish note. I mean, Parramatta being one of the old, ye, ye oldie enemies of Manly, it's always satisfying to get a massive win like that. Um, and to also, t- to to have it the week after Gutho's got the $1 million talks going on and uh, Junior Paulo's written a letter to the fans about this and that and the media was all on the eels about how they're going to lift the seasons on the line and all that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, to, to the aforementioned, to Nathan Brown getting hooked for from being so terrible, it just it, it was just super satisfying to see the way that it all uh, it all panned out. And that try that uh, Manly scored off the kickoff in the in the first half, where it went out to Garrick, and within two meters he he threw Gutherson off and then and, and then dropped Moses as well. Mm is just going to be one of my favourite moments in the history of rugby league because, I mean, mm. who's the who's the SPAC? Yeah, get up, you cunts. Who's the, who's the fucking SPACs now? Like, who's the SPACs Where now? were you? And Ruben Garrick uh, with his... Uh, if, yep. was, it's late in the game. Like, the game's gone. The game's yep. absolutely fucking gone. And Parramatta are on a last... I, I think it's a last tackle. Close to scoring or, cl- or close to the line. And Gutherson's at dummy half and throws a fucking shocker of a pass and Bryce Cartwright knocks on. Yeah, and did you see yep. Gutherson's reaction? That, that's my thing. Now, it was a fucking horrific dummy half pass. I've seen players go off at themselves. Like yeah. I've, I've seen internalised yeah. frustration. And that didn't look like internalised frustration. Were you close to that or were you the other corner? No, no, no. Well, I was I was right on halfway. So so either either like you know try line wasn't that close to me. I was, ah, I was about uh, if you if you know looking at the field in front of me, I was probably like two meters to the right of halfway. Yeah, okay. So pretty much right on. I was like I was right right by the tunnel. But anything so, um, anything other than hand in the air, sorry mate, that was a shit pass. Yeah, that is, that got yes, me. And yes. fucking grates on me. You know, we we had a. Like who's who's going into who's who's going in and putting hits on and and who's who's dying on the field for that guy? Mm. Like honestly, yeah. So no way. Look here we go. We we chatted about the fucking rugby league players association. All these problems are fucking solved if they allow clubs to negotiate non guaranteed conditional contracts. You know, yes, Clint. Yeah, we'll give you a million dollars a season. Conditioned on you playing at least this many games, and the team making making it this far into the finals at minimum. And if you do all of this stuff, yeah. then yep, we'll pay you that. He's fucking happy. 
yeah, Parrot is happy. Like, like someone, like, like someone working an office job in you know with you know sales targets and things like that with KPIs that need to be met that trigger bonuses and lead to a certain amount of money. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Anyway. Um, fuck yeah. Parramatta. Yeah. Um, and there was we had the, we had the situation with uh, with Madison, which just to compare and contrast with the um, the Corey Harrier and Ira one earlier yeah. in, the, in the round. Yeah. Madison knocks Brad Parker out cold, blatant shoulder charge, high, and you know shoulder contact straight to the face, no arms wrapped. Didn't check on him at any point. Was in denial that he'd done anything wrong, even to the point where he'd been sent. Was was you know looking like in absolute stunned disbelief the whole way off. Um, still didn't believe it, even when I told him at high volume. <laughs> from a meter and a half away from him, <laughs> just what sort of a, just just what sort of human I uh, I thought he was, and uh, and uh, and I don't think that he's uh, written a, a long a long um, remorseful note to uh, to Hank Scorpio on Instagram either. So you know, that's a shame. Just another, just a, just another example of uh, fuck Parramatta. Paradise matter. Get all in your feels. Oof, Jesus Christ. Have to be a better team. Jesus Christ. Socials on that one. Uh, ben, to tell me Michael Oldfield is not playing on the win for Para and it's just a hallucination from the COVID jab. I can't be seeing this. <laughs> uh, I love Oldie. What a shame he had to play for those cunts. That's it. Matt said, I think the last 35 minutes have saved Para salary cap 2023 quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Dean said, Will Gutherson call himself a fuckwit? Oh, there you go. The nation saw and they've answered. Stephen yep. said, Oh my goodness, manly upticking more than Souths. Also, that coastal ground is likely copying some unusually salty swimmers from one happy spectator from a pretty decent podcast. <laughs> so essentially, yeah, he saying. is saying you had a wank in the ocean. Yeah. So well, come okay. on. Yeah, I, I, had a, I had a wank in, I had a, I had an eighty minute wank in row D of the fucking of the, of the main stand section what, three. What you know about rolling down in the deep? <laughs> whilst your whilst your brother was sitting next to you, hey, you do you, man. Yeah, well, I mean, why not? Yeah. So, yeah. I got yeah. no That's... shame in my game, Glenny. <laughs> your mileage may vary. It's called, it's called a Brady Bunch. Haven't you ever done it? Oh wow. <laughs> what a surprise you jumped in. <laughs> you get bonus points if there's someone named Alice there. Fuck it, you're, 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 you're fucking <laughs> Jesuit, Glenn. <laughs> uh, next. See, all, the, all this time I thought you were fucking racist with those white sheets with holes in them. It turns out that's just how you have sex. <laughs> Fuck if your eyes if your eyes are good enough to see holes that I put my dick in, mate, I'm fucking you're in the wrong place, son. <laughs> uh, uh, Anthony, I hate to see teams down on troops, but Madison's hit was bad and this is just a pure route. Paragon, goodbye to the season. Manly are now the entertainers. There you go. Steven. To only need to get two more cent, we might capture our nines form from a few years ago. <laughs> Daniel said, playing oh. with 12 men and para win the last two minutes. Suck shit, manly, you losers. <laughs> uh, and good friend yeah, of the show, yourself. Mr. Hectic, says, as much as I hate to say it, manly's attack is a thing of beauty. There you go. 
leave it on a positive for you. And, uh, and shout out to Ryan as well, who who was at the ground as well and came up and said hello after the game. Um, as we were as we were laughing at the Parramatta Eels supporters, and uh, yes, good times. But yeah, Sunny Coast Stadium, fucking highly recommend. I haven't checked the draw ahead for other teams, but I think they're going to be doing some more games there because they are. They seem to be making a more active. Um, move to to share the games around a bit like I see Rockhampton's getting one they're sending yeah. one up to, to Toowoomba they send um which is which is great and so I, I presume that you know there are going to be more sunny coast games so if you if you're in Brisbane um or southeast Queensland and your team's playing up there highly recommend um especially if they fucking you know dump 56 on the old enemy uh the Warriors 24 defeated the doggies 10 at uh I'm going to call it Dolphin Stadium because these brand names are bullshit um Warriors 24 tries to Josh Curran, Reese Walsh, Jazz Tavanga, and Edward Cossey. Walsh, three conversions and a penalty goal. The Doggies 10 came through Shoop and Bockenbohr. Uh, Avrillo, a conversion. <laughs> I have a comment on this game. Go for Lenny. it. This game was fucking AIDS. Yeah, Next. It's, it was fucking. It was atrocious. Uh, I will say that Reese Walsh is. Got a lot of headlines this year, and uh, he did some great things in this game. But Josh Curran might be the Warriors' most important player um, for the next couple of seasons. He um, what a great game! Yeah, he's he's bounced around from a couple of clubs, but seems to be have settled in at the Warriors and um, just just a footballer. Eh? Just impressed yep. with how he went about his game and and su- um, super a super unheralded footballer as well. Yeah. Did you see his post match interview? No, I didn't. Like he was so sort of jittery, and I, I, I'm wondering if it's the first time he's ever had to speak even, on camera. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because because he he was like deer in the headlights. Like he because he seems like a super you know super nice guy and uh, excited guy, but like he was just he was trying to put his cliches together yeah. on the fly and just had no experience doing it. And so so he was he was mixing them up and stuff. But uh, like I'm 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 backing him. He, he was he was great. I think if you look across this Warriors team, you know, and, and again, these are the guys that over the last couple of years had everything go against them, you mm. know, everything go against them. But there's now enough youth and exuberance in this team that that I think the old heads will come along a little bit. Like yeah. you know, look at look at someone like a James Tamau. What's mm. he missing this year that he had for his previous couple of seasons? That like actual team. high quality teammates, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. a team without Luke Brooks and David Nofaluma and well, seriously, look, look at every just fucking said that. <laughs> look at every one of the Tigers that he's playing alongside. They're all they're all like far enough into their careers. They're all there. They know how things go. Mm. And, you know, whereas he was playing previously with this young, exciting group of fucking players. And I think this Warriors team has an exciting couple of years ahead of them. If they can all stay fit and healthy and all stay together, I'm not saying that they're going to go shaking Melbourne and, and Penrith next year. But I think if they can put two or three good seasons together with the bulk of this playing group and spend some quality time getting their combinations up, there's enough humility and drive in them that there's some good times ahead. So... Dogs fans, you're absolutely fucked. You've got no hope. Um, 
you know, not even there for an offload. The sad period. thing about everything, everything, everything you said about the Warriors is, is is correct. However, historically, they have shown that they will not do that at all. And, they'll blow <laughs> it up and you made a point about staying fit and healthy, and their halfback for next yeah. year will be Sean Johnson. So, yeah, yeah. Look, I've had my say on Sean Johnson, and I don't know why they brought him back, but um, yeah, fuck. Can only hope. Can only hope. Do we need to go much into this game? Like the dogs are just fucking dreadful. No. Nah. They're fucking atrocious. And I, I don't know that we need to say too much about the next game either. It was fucking worse. <laughs> the next game was actually worse. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, like, Let me at least Morton Daly Stadium, they, they went from, yeah, well, Morton, yeah, the Morton Daly Stadium, they went from, they went from having, uh, yeah, Manly booked to play there two weeks ago and then the, the, the plague cancelled games at the venue that way. And so they've gone, oh, great, let's give some footy to the people. Uh, yeah. The absolute Monday night football classic <laughs> doubleheader. This is this is the old, olden day para and sharks on a Monday night. <laughs> para Newcastle, yeah, yeah para yeah. Newcastle, para Newcastle sharks. The the, the tri series, yeah, so, race uh, to the bottom. So so um, Terry the dogs fan said football intelligence. It's just not a bulldogs thing. Isaac, my wife said Reese Walsh's eyebrows are on point. There you go. When he looks at the camera, when he looks at the camera for the interviews, it's like he's just like just looking straight down into in yeah into into your special place. Yeah, with your sexy eyes. Yeah, I mean, he's the new he's the, he's the new Daniel Mortimer. Isn't he? Yeah. If you if you want to bring an old one back, Glenn, isn't it? That is yeah. that is a blast from the past. He's a modern day killing me softly, except it's not with his song. <laughs> with those dreamy eyes. <laughs> Jason said, another week, another below-par performance. I'm certain that the players train in isolation because there's no cohesion out there. There doesn't seem to be a game plan. I'd hate to think of what the ratio of tackled in opposition 20s to try scored is. This is not a quick fix with a couple of new signings. There is nothing here to build on. The end of the season cannot come quick enough. Fuck. Look, I get it's frustrating. I would suggest that there's been improvement in that dog side in moments, as in now... There are moments in a game where they will take over a period of it, and it might only be, you know, two or three minutes, but they can get the ball down, they can get some repeat sets, they can try and build some pressure, you know. So, so there's improvements, but they're still trash. Yeah, you yeah. should feel bad. But um, then their coach gets up in the press conference after the game and blames the referee, and and, okay. and basically harps harps exclusively on. That try they had disallowed, where I can't remember who it was that put the hit on, but he, yeah, the the, the Warriors player drops the ball, Doggies player hits him with a shoulder charge, uh, high shot, sorry, not shot, it was a high shot, late high, knocks him down, the try goes on, fantastic, fantastic, you know, tap and you know, tap on, um, from uh, I think it was um, uh, what's his fucking name, Beyond Yodo. Great try looks to be scored. Gets pulled back. Let's look at what's happened here. Try gets disallowed because there's a penalty against the doggies because he's hit the guy, you know, high and late. And Barrett decided in the press conference that the, the, he he had seen it. He looked at it. He looked at the tape, and it was neither high nor late. And so that should have been a try. And the fact they weren't awarded that try really took away the momentum and uh, cost them the game. And ultimately, refs fault. There you go. So. Uh, now, Tim's come in with some fucking historic comments. He said, the last time Ryan James played at Dolphin Oval, he took the head off the Redcliffe mm-hmm. captain in a semi-final. 
Now, I have no idea what oh. game he's talking about because he hasn't given us any other information. But I'll just take that on face value, believe it's true, and that's a fucking awesome piece of history. Well done. <laughs> yes. And it's funny how with the doggies, the you know the the two Canberra boys uh, were among their best players, and actually yeah. like they they were kind of rolling up the troops, you know, like get around the boys kind of stuff. And you're yeah. like, oh, man, these guys have only been here for a couple of days, yeah. And they're sort of more like you know they're more yeah the boys in well, the squad than the ones that have been there the whole time. You know, again, here's here's the thing. Take normal fucking life. If you yeah. If you had another office or another location in, in your company you had to go and work out of for a month, or they go, hey, we need you on secondment yeah. here to go and do this, you know, you go and shake things up. You're the new guy in town. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's more like if you're the type of guy that is seen to be the level of expendability that you can go and be a loner to, to another side when your own team is actually challenging for a spot in the finals. Yeah, true. Then perhaps perhaps your contract prospects going forward aren't as uh, great as you may have previously thought they were, <laughs> and it might be time to impress another club with the chance <laughs> of landing a job when, when it all goes pear-shaped. Yeah. <laughs> all right, on to the next one. Uh, okay, so... Yeah, on the next one. Okay, so the Knights 16 defeated the Sharkies 14, same venue. Um, the Knights had a, a, tries through a, a double to Anari Tuala, three Jake Clifford penalty goals and a conversion. Uh, defeating the Sharks 14 with tries to Ramian and the Moot, Trindle, two conversions and a penalty goal. Another couple of sides that aren't showing any signs of wanting to make the eight, um, unfortunately for the Knights yeah. and the Sharks. It appears the Knights are almost certainly, aren't they? Mm-hmm. The Knights uh, appear to be one of the most likely out of that that chasing pack. True. Um, unfortunately for both these sides, the Knights and the Sharks, they don't have a TV show being made about their season, so they won't have embarrassment as motivation, which is advantage Tigers. So fuck both of these teams. This game is rubbish. <laughs> I, I, I want to give some credit to the Knights for the first minute of the game. Where they came up with the ball, you know, off the kickoff, um, and that work to uh, put Twala over in the corner within like the first sort of 30, 40 seconds of the game was fucking surgical. And I actually thought for a minute, wow, the Knights when they've got you know their spine kind of intact, yeah, you know, they can fucking put they can put it together, they can put it on. And uh, the next seventy nine and a half minutes served to dissuade me of that notion. Yeah. Neither team wanted to win this game. They did. It was just the mis- the frustration and the mistakes and the good ball situations that were just thrown away by just basic shit. It was such a frustrating such a frustrating thing to watch. And to the Knights, if we've got to look at something positive out of that, I'm I'm looking at that combination between Best and Tuala. Yeah. You would fucking hope at this stage of the season. I know he had a lot of the season off, but I expect more from Mitchell Pearce. I In expect, what way? Just, again, to to be that guy that gives them the boost when they need it. To be the guy that says, well, fuck, if we're doing stupid things in our handling shit, then I'm going to make sure that we're playing the game down there into the field. I feel like the playing group would get that out of Ponga, not Pearce. Yeah, well, again, Pong is not ending sets. No, no, no. I'm just saying the regard in which they seem, the two individuals seem to be held by their by their peers in that playing group. Yeah, correct. But if you're Pierce, then recognize that there's no fucking shame in in not being the hype guy that they look to. Mm. 
but have Ponga on site, saying, you know, every fifth, I'm I'm gonna need you to be down there chasing. I understand you're the fucking fullback, and it's gonna mean some extra work for you, but I need you to lift, and they need to follow you. If you're not gonna do it yourself, um, but that that combination between Best and Chuala, that's got some legs. Yeah, and it's it's, sure. it's it's not going to win them finals games, and 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 it's not going to you know really improve their position on the ladder. But best to me is the most exciting centre prospect that I've seen in a long time, and in an yeah. often forgotten position. Yeah, the, he, he's doing exactly what a good centre needs to do. He's come in. He's fast. He's strong. He's got good footwork. And he understands that fucking moment where he's got him in two minds. Mm. And he understands that game of if I can make these cunts try and second guess themselves and think what I'm going to do, and he's got the skills to put his winger in as well, that's a fucking combination for the future. I feel like Ponga creating space and then giving best room to, to create either for himself or as you say, to put Tuala over, like to, to create opportunities for Tuala. I think that's a well that the Knights in in games can keep going to, and it's going to it's going to bear fruit. Yeah, you know, cons- consistently as they build that combination. So yeah, completely agree with what you're saying. Mm. You want to add anything to this one, mate? No, no. I t- I tell you, I was yeah, lovely. I was well into the cans. I was well into the cans by the time we got to nice. this game, and uh, uh, and they made it slightly more bearable. Yeah, good. All right, Greg said, "Being a Sharks fan, playing the Knights is like going to the pub and telling your mates the next day you picked up a ten, took her home, and fucked her brains out, but she was a three, and she rejected you." <laughs> <laughs> Danny said, "Very average game, but I'll take a win." Also, <laughs> no, we were celebrating women in mining round. Well, you know. That's how we celebrate women in league. We give them a round. We don't do anything else ever. Um, and then just spend a week where all the commentators talk about mums in tuck shops. That seems to be how we celebrate women yeah. in league. But I mean, like the the, the reason, the thing you're missing there is though, is the, the reason that the, the Knights were wearing their um, their high-vis jerseys is because uh, you know, that organisation has long held the belief that women belong deep underground and um, yeah, as held by, you know, don't they, don't they sell, the, uh, don't the they be- sell beanies? The beanie, the beanie merchant. Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. yeah. Um, what's it called? Bruises for beanies? Um, bashings for beanies? Beanies for bashes? Beanies like for beatdowns. That's it. Yeah. Beanies for beatdowns. Yeah. That's it. Nice dome covers for dom violence. <laughs> Fucking how good. <laughs> Joy <laughs> said after after seeing the Knights come out wearing that shit mining jersey, I expected them to French fry when they should have pizzaed. <laughs> Much to my surprise, the Sharks <laughs> played worse than the Knights and we got a win. Fuck yeah. Up, up, bitches. <laughs> and that's the socials for that one. Right. Well, you know, that's uh, full time for episode 425. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us in many ways. Go to thisweekinleague.com forward slash links and you can grab a link to our social media communities, uh, ways to consume the show and all the other goodness and our Patreon, of course. If you'd like to support the show, best way, hit up our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash twillnation. Uh, you can also drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Just tell a friend. 
all that shit is amazing. I want to give a shout out to um, our newest wonderful patron, Tom B. Thank you so much, sir, for coming on board. Um, make sure you go through the, the posts for your level and uh, make sure you are getting the most out of your uh, your subscription because uh, we appreciate shit out of you, my man. Um, do you fellas have anything else you'd like to add before we pull the pin for this evening? I'm excited for our live Tiger Town companion. Because oh, be yeah, this week's yeah, going to be the, they're going to have the Penrith game in there. You beat Penrith, Glenn. It's very illegitimate. Are, are they really that going to be that far through? Do you think? Well, that they have to be. It must be getting close. Yeah, well, I don't know. I just saw the ads for it, and they're playing Penrith in the ads. Oh, I haven't seen. Yeah, yeah, okay. I haven't seen the ads for this episode coming up. Yeah. Okay, that explains it. All right. Well, there you go. So, I mean, like, that's, that's given, it was probably eight real, rounds. Real, uh, illegitimate joy for you. It was probably oh, eight some... rounds between wins. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. What are you going to be like? The season's getting away from us. Can't wait. All right. On that note, fellas, I'll talk to you all. Hopefully, I may talk to you guys on tomorrow night. Otherwise, see you for the Wednesday one. Later. Okay. See ya. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.